Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Wa la'aqibati lilmuttaqin. Wa la'adwana illa ala al-dhalimin. Wa salatullahi wa salamuhu wa la'ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-murasilin. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'antahu sahla. Wa anta tajlu al-hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrik. Wa husna ibadatik. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Okay, so um, in today's session, inshallah, what we're going to be doing um, is finishing off that entire, uh, this kind of section or this paragraph before we move on to the next section, which is about clothes uh, specifically and its hems and its material and gold and stuff like that. So specifically what we're going to be covering today um, is... Uh, the, the, the same paragraph وَيُقْرَحُ فِي الصُّلَاءَ السَّدْلُ وَاشْتِمَالُ صَمَّاءُ وَتَغْتِيَةُ وَجْهِهِ وَاللِثَامُ وَلَا فَمِهِ وَأَنْفِهِ وَكَفُّ كُمِّهِ وَلَفُهُ وَشَدُّ وَسَطِهِ كَالزُّنَّارِ And then today وَتُحْرَمُ الْخُيَلَاءُ فِي ثَوْبٍ وَغَيْرِهِ وَتَصْوِيرُ وَاسْتِعْمَالُهُ So um, bring it down Shaz If if one um, finds something, uh, what, 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 what? <laughs> no bad. No bad. No bad. It's okay. It's okay. I can. I'll translate it for you right now, brother. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. And it is impermissible to be arrogant in one's clothing and in other things. Okay. وَتُحْرَمُ الْخُوَيَلَاءُ فِي ثَوْبٍ وَغَيْرِهِ It is impermissible uh, to have الْخُوَيَلَاءُ To be arrogant or to be vain. We'll discuss yani, the, the issues there. فِي ثَوْبٍ وَغَيْرِهِ And التَّسْوِيرُ وَاسْتِعْمَالُهُ Tasweer here means what? Um, it is to draw pictures. I think we should write. To draw pictures and use them. To draw pictures and use them. What's them? Pictures. Okay? Because there's some discussion about that, but yani, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, you know, we'll come to that. Right, okay, so uh, I think we, kinda, we kind of like uh, finished off, I think, arrogance and the problem of that, right? Yes, last week when we talked about Isbal, and we said that whoever pulls their thob and drags it across the floor and... No? No? Yes, and now you're talking about Isbal, I just, maybe I didn't then, okay, maybe I didn't really just, uh, yeah, okay, let me just then technically go through what Sheikh Uthameen then says. He says, Al-Khuyala, uh, at the top of page 197, he goes, this is a word which is taken from Al-Khayl, and, um, and basically, Khayl, uh, you know, Khayls are stallions, right? And, you know, stallions, a man's got a stallion, man's buzzing, basically, and showing off with them. And so, therefore, there is a tabahi, wa tarafu, wa ta'ali, 
These are three phrases which all indicate one's pride and arrogance. Look at my stallion. Look at it. And you've got to understand that a stallion is, is at every single level of a Bugatti Veyron, a Ferrari 455, maybe even more expensive in financial terms. I mean, I don't know what a, what a, what a, a Bugatti is going for. What is it? A million? A million? Shazad, how much is the Bugatti at the moment? More than anyone? Or yeah, than anyone she has to be. I know you know all of them. <laughs> Is it? So you will find a serious male stallion that has breeding in it, a breeding uh, 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 thing. He was breeding. Um, uh, yeah, potential pedigree is the word I was looking for. That's why they call them a pedigree, right? Meaning that they've already established the scene. They've already uh, sowed their seed and seen very, very good horses come, and so on. So these have got any yeah, track record. They will definitely cost you in the millions. They will cost you in the millions. And it's good business, of course, by the way. I knew a friend of mine who invested in a horse, by the way. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of pounds. And he made it back big time. Yep. Because, because as a, well, I mean, it's an investment, isn't it? At the end of the day, um, uh, a horse, if you put into a horse which is going to win a race for which the prize is a million pounds, 500,000 pounds. You know, horse racing is like golf. It's not like, it's not like, it's not like snooker, or it's not like, uh, I don't know, cricket. Cricket. How sad, well, like... Are you kidding me, bro? Ya Rabbi Shadab Khan, Miskin, Shadab Khan, did you see him in West Indies? He took you and his seven wickets, he took whatever, and they gave him $500. Allah didn't cost me $500. I wanted to... I, 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 I felt so sorry for him. I said, I'll give you $500. Just for how much entertainment that he gave me. From here, just watching him on screaming on the flipping screen. I'll give you $500. And there's a guy, and he, and he makes him hold the check, like a pendu like this, hold a big check, massive check. They make a big check. for. I think it would cost $500 just to make that check. <laughs> It's the best it is. And that's why people like IPL. Because IPL is proper money. Proper pesa. You know, I win the man the match. I get 20,000, 30,000. The Indians, they're doing it properly. They, they do it properly and they got a proper product. Yes? When the Pakistanis do it, they're giving them 500 pounds yeah, and $500 for playing the greatest match he ever played ever. He batted his guts out. He took six wickets. He threw himself on the floor. He gets 20 quid. Come on, man. Anyway, so, you know what they said, obviously, they said snooker. I was, listening to, I was watching a, an interview with Ronnie O'Sullivan the other day. Is this, is this Tramadol kicking in or is this the, the Gavin Fenton? <laughs> this is nothing, Yara. This is me. This is my own medication of my own mind. Ronnie O'Sullivan, he, I was listening to him, and he was right, Yara. I mean, this guy's won more money than anyone. He's the greatest player of all time. And he said, you know, the amount of time that we put in, the amount of practice and the amount of, yani, you know, effort. And... Uh, they get £100,000 for a tournament, right? Uh, if they win it, a top tournament. £100,000 after you've practiced for 20, 20 years and you go through the stress of a 20-day tournament. Are you kidding me? You're having a laugh, bro. So anyway, so these things are... Uh, now, horse racing is not like that. Horse racing, very, very, very well-paid uh, uh, sport. Huge sums of money uh, if you win. Millions, millions, 10 million, 5 million, 15 million... 
the 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 Emirates races and the big American races, the Kentucky whatever it's called. That's like five million. So I just want you to know that an Arab stallion to have a, a horse of that pedigree and that quality, it's incredibly valuable, far more valuable than the highest highest cars. And I was discussing this in uh, Fitna, right, in Bradford. We were saying this that when we see in the Quran a reference to the kind of the stallions and the horses, you'll find mufassirin or modern day kind of du'at and preachers, they immediately say fast cars, you know, today's fast car. I mean, you're undervaluing the verse. They're actually thinking we made the verse more relevant. They actually undervalued the verse. If you leave the verse upon its asal translation, the verse is more valuable and it's more impactive, actually, because stallions are very, very expensive. Not only that, I mean, I don't know, I think it's impermissible, but they sell their, um, their uh, yani, uh, 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 eggs. You got a doctor next to you, man. You gotta ask the guy to help you out, man. It's okay, bro. There's no shame yet. This is it's okay. It's true, absolutely. They, yeah. It, uh, well, there's some discussion about that. Now you're going out of the. I just thought I'd help you out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so obviously, a person when he has this kind of horse, he's prancing around on it, and you've seen people prancing on horses, and even prancing is like you know that kind of whatever. So that's where khuyala comes from. Khayl itself. It's actually intrinsically from stallions, all right? And um, Sheikh says, It is, أَنْ يَجِدَ الْإِنسَانُ فِي نَفْسِهِ شَيْئًا مِنَ التَّعَاظُمْ That he literally starts to consider himself better, stronger, يعني, mightier, more respectful, more awesome than the rest of the, the other people. وَهَذَا حَرَامٌ فِي الثَّوْبُ وَغَيْرِهِ it is impermissible to do that in your clothing and anything else. And Sheikh Uthameen, he gives the example, he goes, maybe a person might have a shirt or this or that. But really, it's about a thobe. Alright? It's about a person wearing a thobe. For males to understand this, okay? It's in a thobe and just kind of, you know, swifting it around and letting it swish about his feet and making it clear that, you know, I got this made, it's silk, it's handmade, it cost me hundred grand, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, uh, the, the male of today, what would he do that in? A suit? Would he? Watch. A watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the one. You know, just lift up the old sleeve, push up the old sleeve, and just uh, show the old Omega dive master there. Uh, well, this is what Sheikh Uthameen says. He says people use it in the ring most of all. He goes that they will get. وغير الثوب كالخاتم فبعض الناس يلبس الخاتم ويضع على فص ويضع عليه فصا كبيرا جدا. Okay, he goes that they will get a ring which will be normal, but they will stick a big stone in it, and they will just basically kind of you see that they will kind of you know in your face play with it like this, right? It's just so that you're I'm, I'm doing this movement here, like that. So they're moving it back and forth, and so the the stone is moving. It catches your eye, and they're basically showing off. Yeah. The 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 one that you found just recently. How much did it go for? Seventy million. Cut or uncut? 
So, I mean, I told you this last week that there is a fine line. I don't know what that fine line is. I can't help you in that. I don't know. I mean, everyone wears clothes to look nice. Everyone wants to impress other people. It's something which is permissible to do. At what point, though, do you, is that impressing people with the, with the wealth that you have and the beauty that you have? At what point is it that you start to attribute it to yourself? I think that's the first problem, when you start to kind of make it out that you've got a major role to play in how great and good you are. And the obvious one, when you start to think you're better than other person. I mean, but to be honest, you'd have to be a real stupid person to think that you're someone special because, only because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you extra money. You'd have to be a right idiot. Okay, but then a lot of people do do that. A lot of people do yani, show off in their clothes, and the youth, I think, do that a lot. A youth, the, the youth are obviously obsessed with designer brands, designer names, and they go and they wear their kind of, you know, their Nike trainers, their 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 North uh, North uh, what's it called face North. North Face jackets, and they you know they want to make it out, you know that whatever. And like, with the fish you is your dad who bought you that. Yani, who are you anyway? You know what I'm trying to say? And, um, and it's just that, you know, that look at me, look at me. So I think that's the problem. That's the, that's the issue. Now, for an adult to translate that up to their own level, I don't know. Okay? Um, so, I think media plays a big part in there as well. Like, you know, if you see the billboard and so on, yep. it's always like, you know, high brands advertise more than the lower brand. Well, Lord, I'm hardly there, to be honest. I don't know about that. If you, if you look around, like, you see, like... No, no, of course you're right. Of course, of course. They're the guys, the designer brands have got the big budgets to put all the big adverts out. But you said they've got a role to play. And I'm just saying, I don't know about that. I, 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 maybe, no, I, I think so. I think what? The designer brands, they don't advertise more than... Of course the, they do. They do? Of course so? they do. Do you see more adverts for Primark or Boss? Do you see more adverts for Aldi or Waitrose? Waitrose. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who Audi sponsors. I know Waitrose sponsors the English cricket team. See every single day. Same thing, isn't it? Same thing. Waitrose has got pure adverts. Waitrose also does something else big. What's the other big thing it does? Waitrose. Oh, it supports the TV programs as well. So okay. So so is it though? Is it? More Audi on TV than, than Waitrose? Okay, but you know, we went, we went into food. Let's just go back to clothes. Cl- clothes. Budget clothing is more advertised with a bigger budget than, than designer? Give me an example. Topshop advertised more than, than Boss? Marks and Spencer's clothes advertised more than... Uh, uh, Armani? I think Marks and Spencer is unfair because they've got a much bigger budget because they've got such much other sales on other things. No, 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 no. We've got to be, we've got to be accurate. Yani, uh, we're talking about, we're talking about the fashion media and its impact. All right. And so, if you're going to compare it scientifically and not anecdotally, then it has to be like for like. Marks and Spencer, the problem is that it has a massive income from everything else, right? And Waitrose and it's complete different fish. Qiyas ma'al farak, as we say, right? From thinking. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, for me, it doesn't matter. Let's just say that the lesser brands advertise uh, more. For me, it's irrelevant. I, my, my, my problem with that theory is I don't think that um, those adverts per se make anyone be arrogant. No. 
No, arrogant, but I mean, uh, bring the bar up for the youth or people who want to buy this uh, to look up rather than look down or be where you are. Okay, so let's pause right there. So youth wouldn't be wearing, obviously, top stuff because it should be completely out of their price range, okay? It's not a really good case. I mean, you see now there's youth boss, Armani, you know, Okay, right. So... I don't. I. This is my point. I, what I want to say is, I think there's a difference between a person wearing a cap that says "boss." I, we cannot say this as haram. No. But we have to identify what is it that this person does with the boss cap that makes it haram. That he keeps doffing it, keeps doffing it, and he's like, keep, you know, what, what, what does he do? I don't know. Even that, I, I like. What's wrong with that? It's like when he says, yeah, and what's that? You know, what's that free? You know, what's that free bakwas you got on your head that you got with your free orange juice yesterday or something? Yeah, and you know, this one cost me twenty quid. But is it? I mean, is it twenty quid? The boss one? Am I about underpriced? Boss a bit too much there. Shaz, how much did you get your one for last month? Shaz, mashallah's boss's caps are beautiful. He has three. Three? No. One, one. <laughs> and I really asked him very nicely, well, like, to give it to me, and he said no. But he gave me a different one in the end. He gave me different one in the end. He did, he gave me but I wanted the boss one, though, you know what I mean? I'm the, uh, simple one. The difference between somebody, for example, I mean, going to Polo. And you know they have Polo has a small horse and it has a massive horse plastered all over your chest. No, I don't know about that. That's so disgusting, the, person, the big one. Exactly. So the person is intending to buy Polo for quality and he likes the small horse, he doesn't mind, and he buy likes the quality. Well, the second person goes in and buys, I want the Polo yeah. plastered around so everybody sees uh, it. And buys the second in I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think you got that one wrong, that. I, think that's a, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think it's very, very subjective. I think that the people who matter, they will see small things regardless. People who know quality, they see. Of course. They, they know. They the see boss. things. Why would you have a crap that says boss on it? So, so hold on. So don't put it into cars just yet. Let's stick to thawb wa ghayrihi and then we extend it. Because I, because I also agree, it's very easy to see in stallions and cars. Whereas difficult is what the subject is, isn't it? In clothes. What, where we're stuck at the moment, and genuinely I feel stuck, I haven't articulated clearly in my mind what the absolute dividing line is in modern day clothing that shows it. It's easy, as I said, I told you in last lesson, I reviewed it a couple of hours ago, I heard myself say it, that I myself feel it when I wear a longer thobe. I physically feel more arrogant. I, I'm not even Arab. I'm not Arab, and, and, and Pax and the rest of the world don't wear anything like that dress whatsoever. If you look at the rest of the culture's clothes, the clothes of the rest of the world's cultures, no one has anything like an Arab thobe. Yet, I was able to wear a thobe which is long, which I can feel is like touching my toes, for example, like a female's dress, kind of, and even a, a longer, right? And I can, I can sense that I feel richer, powerful, more arrogant, more less, less religious, more secular, more looked down upon those people. I could feel it. And I, that's my point. That That's why the hadith fits with it. Man Whoever drags his thobe out of arrogance, then he's in the fire. So I think it's really easy to feel that in that. But I think it's a real challenge to put it into modern day clothing. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Is that a problem? So that's, that, that's what I asked last week and I'll ask again today. What does that mean to be arrogant? Isn't a woman allowed to dress to be beautiful? Yes. Absolutely yes. In fact, not only absolutely yes, but specifically yes. Women have a greater tendency, created more so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recognizes it as well. In fact, the proof is in the Quran in that in the case of a death, they have to pull back on that. Right? So in death, they pull back. Mourning is a real physical pullback. Mourning, M-O-U-R, in the azar, after the person passes away. So all of the Quranic direct and indirect evidences make it very clear that a woman is meant to dress nice and meant to make an impression and meant to, you know, men are not meant to be wearing reds and saffrons and bright colors. Um, it looks strange. And red specifically, yet a woman is allowed to, and uh, you know, catch attention and so on and so forth. And that's why there's such a restriction on her clothing outside. And that's why there is the existence of a dress called the jilbab, which, however, the scholars they argue the different of what it is. They're all pretty clear that it's something which goes on the outside, meaning it is covering something. So I want I want to say that that the Sharia indicates that women are. People of beauty want to be beautiful. And so how does that happen? Other than through clo- clothing, obviously, one of the key factors. So I want to say that I think it's really difficult. I mean, I, I really like what Zafar said. What's the need for that cap to say boss on it? What is the actual need? Sorry, Answer his question, Shaz. What's the need? Uh, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean, branding? <laughs> Huh? Especially if it's turned right in the front, you know, the label, and not the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you have two caps exactly the same quality, yeah. one with the bus, one without, yeah. and you tested it, yeah. then it would be dependent on which one you went for. See, you see, you see, this is the kind of, you know, this is the kind of thing that needs to be done to be able to understand it. You have two absolutely identical caps. And the only difference between them is that one says boss and the other one says nothing. And what's your, how do you feel when wearing both? And, and more important than that, I think, is not only how do you feel, how do you perceive other people perceiving you and you perceiving them when you're wearing it? Okay, so my question back to that is if you've got two green tins exactly the same, one's Heinz on the Yara, why are we going to food and to cars and to thingy? Yara, we get that. No. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say the intention behind buying it? Yeah. So you know that the, the top end boss, uh, hot couture, whatever they call, all right, it has no branding visi- visible at all. Okay. Right? And that's the real reason you're buying it, okay? The best argument that a person could try to make for buying top end designer clothes are what? Well-made, high-quality. That's the only two practices. Am I right or wrong? Well-made and high-quality. All right? And well-made by uh, is different. When I say well-made, meaning it looks right. That's what I mean. And quality, meaning it's not going to mess up. That's got nothing to do with showing who made it. You know what I'm trying to say? So no, I disagree. When you buy it with the the boss, that's a design, it's thingy. 
So, and so, so you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, what I'm trying to say to you is I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that it is completely permissible to wear a cap that says boss. Because otherwise we're making haram what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made halal unless someone tells us why is it haram. With regards to the drawing a line you mentioned before, I mean, I think, you know, like you said, it is two categories, quality and uh, yeah. the... Quality the, and um, how well it's made or how well it fits or how well it works. Yeah. So, I mean, with regards to a lot of people do also go and buy the stuff, branded stuff, clothing, just because of the name as well to show off. And that point is there. I think the way, way we need to draw the line is, you know, when the mindset changes, when you buy, okay, you know, I want to walk differently, I want to look different, just be in front of these people. It's, it's about the mindset. Because that does, like you said about your jubba, for example, it makes you feel different. Yep. Similarly, a person would say, I've got a suit, whether it's a Versace or whether it's a normal suit. From us, that, but he might feel arrogant or proud or pride in himself. So I think it's a mindset where a person thinks, Okay, you know what? I'm going to show this off. I'm looking better, and he's not better. He's not How better. is he not feeling like that with the boss cap and the boss suit? How is he not feeling that? I, how is he not feeling better than wearing an Asda suit or an Audi suit? Of course, he's feeling better. That's my problem with the people who are talking about arrogance in modern day clothing. I cannot see a dhabit for it. I, where's the mi'yar? Where's the standard? Where's the parameters? I, like I said to you, from. Uh, uh, from Arab culture where the hadith comes from I think it's very easy to see it and feel it as a non-Arab when I wore a long thobe and I felt it dragging I could feel the cultural kind of arrogance I could feel it regardless of whatever and I, the, 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 I told you that's because I've seen people who are from the rich and powerful who, who do dress like that and they walk slower and they do drag their thobes and whatever and I was doing exactly the same I was feeling it I, and, and I said you know Right. The other cultures, they don't have such draggy kind of clothes. And today's cultures, they have obviously branding. So I'm asking you, what's the modern day? I put it out to you. I think it's a very good exercise. What's the modern day interpretation of khuyala fi clothing? Of arrogance and vanity in clothing. What is it? You know, what springs to mind is the example of that 13 guy who went to the, you know, in the program. He goes, when he goes, I don't want to go in the garden, I've got soap shoes on. Okay. I, I didn't see that, so I don't know. You know, the perfume, perfume guy, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw a perfume click. I didn't see the rest of it, no. Right, when he was walking around the house. Right. And they were going to walk in the garden. Okay. And he goes, if you don't mind, I don't want to go in the grass. I'm not going to go out. What's wrong with that? If I, if I had silk shoes, yeah, I wouldn't want to go in the grass. I don't go on the, I don't go on the grass. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trainer, me. I forget, forget about my silk shoes. What's wrong with wanting to keep your clothes clean unnecessarily? I don't think there's a problem with that. And when you do wear a high-end suit, you feel it. Of course you yeah, feel it. It's like, you, know, you feel, that's what I'm saying, you feel it. It's made well, it's, it's cut well, it makes you look better, and, and so on and so forth. Listen, you're forgetting you know, a key thing here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants that feeling to be present in every salah. Don't, Allah wants that feeling in every salah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, take your zina. What is zina? A tazayyun. What is yani tazayyun? That you beautify yourself in every single way. What is beautification? You make yourself feel better, look better. You get what I'm trying to say? So there's no doubt about it. And the kulla masjid, every time that you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should feel a million dollars. Yep. 
And why do people uh, want to go to the effort of feeling and looking like a million dollars because you value the moment, right? So I want you to understand something. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not standing in front of you in a physical sense, okay? So therefore, what are you doing? I'm just getting a bit philosophical here, but what are you doing? You are actually creating a mood because it's not, it's not even a physical reality. Of course, it's Salah is a physical reality, but what I mean is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in telling you to take and be as beautiful as possible every time you pray is not just saying to you wear nice clothes. It means value it means value yourself so you value the moment. Surely. Yeah? And if you value the moment, then you value the conversation. If you value the conversation, then you really have connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you've done that, then you've offered salah properly. Yeah? So what we're trying to say here is that that creating of that mood, like I just said at the beginning, there is no doubt about it from the Quran and Sunnah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also allows that outside of ibadah, especially for women. It is super clear that the women are meant to beautify themselves. Women are meant to, uh, it, is their, it is their culture, it is their, their, it's their khilqa, it's their natural state. Okay? And that's why when someone passes, especially when it's their husband, they have to really pull back on it. Pull back on what? It's not pulled back on a, on a neutral state. It's pulled back on a positive state to either neutrality or even negative. If you study the athar of... of um, I've forgotten the English word for being in that state. What's it called? Being in mourning, right? That's what it's called, right? Yeah. If you, uh, no, Tazi is giving condolences, but it's being in mourning. Yeah. So if you study the athar... SubhanAllah, there are fascinating athar from the companions on the various sahabiyat, especially, during uh, mourning. And one of the very famous, and SubhanAllah, I forget, for some reason the name's gone, I was thinking about it just a few minutes ago, but I, I thought the name would come back to me, but it hasn't. She said, Wallahi, if, Wallahi, if it was not for the sunnah of the, if it was not for the warning of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I would not even bother putting on yani, any kind of clothes, kind of, make any kind of effort. Meaning that they understood, they understood that from a religious point of view, we need to really show our loss, and that loss is shown by going really negative. Not going to neutral, not going to zero, like just no makeup. But I mean like really black clothing and really kind of miserable faces and whatever. And that would show. Without going into the impermissible, which is the wailing and the crying and the tearing and the whatever. But a, a, a level above that in clothing and appearance. And what we've been told is that there's no need for that extremism. But you're definitely not putting on your Sunday best and going outside and partying. With lipstick and all the rest of it. You know what I'm saying? However... In normative, normative uh, circumstances, I know we're kind of going a bit away again, but for a woman in normal circumstances, for a husband, um, or one who's looking to get married, okay, it is permissible for her to beautify herself, clothes-wise, lipstick-wise, things that do not create too much yani of a problem, but beautify her. That's her khilqa. So I'm saying that this is a permissible state so where does it become impermissible? When you say beautify yourself, that's very subjective, obviously. Of course. Yeah. So some people might say... We discussed it over the last six, eight weeks of that subjectivity. So, so in, in nowadays we would say, okay, I'm looking smart. I'm standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. If, if uh, it's zina, I mean, if you were to lick it, 
look in this sense of that somebody will be in suit, for example, he said, like, I'm looking smart in this. Yeah. But obviously, in Salat, uh, maybe zina is a different meaning, right? No, no, it, had, it doesn't have a different meaning. I think that if there's a contradiction, then obviously, because I get your point. A person putting on a thousand pound boss suit for the prayer, that's some serious investment into the prayer. All right? Proper cut, proper lovely, does his old behavior, does his old <laughs> he does the behavior he's right there all cut lovely beautiful yeah but then he goes into sajda and yeah because the old trousers are so tight that's the irony obviously that's obviously a contradiction of two principles you know what I'm saying now, now let's imagine that he's wearing you know real nice Junaid Jamshid Sharwani whatever which is also cut and you know, uh, uh, custom, bespoke, beautiful, and loose enough to cover your aura properly because it's got a shalwar and a qameez, and you know what I'm saying? So, why wouldn't that be absolutely how you should be dressing? You get what I'm trying to say? Well, there's a fine line, isn't it? This is the problem. That's also so how. On one side. Yep. 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 So, what is that line? It's not in the clothes that you wear, it's in the intention. So show us how we can so show us how we can teach it. How can we implement it clearly? Like what so. is the dividing line? Because I think it's very easy for us to see one version, which is that I'm better than you. That's obviously impermissible. That's impermissible even if you are naked. But I'm not sure you can see it as much as maybe the person intended. You're not sure if you can see it as much as you think it, huh? That's also good, right? Counterfeit goods. You pay like, you know, a couple of quid for a t-shirt of your polo. You want the people to know that you're wearing polo. And it costs you absolute jack squat. But why did you have to use khuyala to describe that? Because what you described is what is perfectly normal in both scenarios. I can't see why... Yeah, so it's perfect. So everyone's normal standard, yeah. baseline... It's different. But, but why does the difference have to be described as khuyala? That's my point. That is just different. Completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. And that's, the, that's why, I mean, we've said it a number of times, and I guess, obviously, I'm going through this process as, as students, do you understand that there are certain things which are subjective? And obviously, you've got to understand that this is not just a waste of time. The reason why you're doing this is so that you, therefore, refrain 
from judgment of ruling in these issues. Because when something is so subjective, okay, then you've got to be careful about how you approach it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, that's a good point. I think that, what the, the, uh, you know, the biggest upshot is that you yourself recognize that you don't show off. But I, I'll be honest with you, even at the personal level, I don't know what the, what the, what the dividing line is. I, I really don't know because it's, it's a very good example. If you have a great cap that looks beautiful and you're very happy with it, Feeling very happy because someone said you look nice? Yeah. If, if That's the problem? You have that Four, bro. If you're dressing up. It's a bit tight, isn't it? No, not really. Because if, you, if that feeling is there. What happened to MashaAllah, Zakallah Khair? Yeah, that's beautiful. It's normal. Don't know about that, bro. You walk in, you see the, you know, the guy, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. Yeah, Zakallah Khair, bro. That's very nice. Bought yesterday. Oh, it's okay. Come on, man. I feel happy at that. You feel happy, I think. I mean, it depends upon your intention. But So if we break it down, how, how common was it? You can't say that to, like, there's a guy, he's, he's got his thobe two foot down, pulling it, made of silk, action haram, too long. We can't say to the guy, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, is haram. You're arrogant. You're be- below the fo- you're below the ankles. You're below this. That what the heck are you doing? Look at you, the way you're walking. You know what I'm trying to say? That is clearly you can't be going mashallah to my man. Whereas someone who comes in with a nice brand new thobe, whatever, why do you even say to them dua when you see something new? How do you even know something is new? How how do you know something is new except that? And if the Prophet said that if someone comes wears a new garment. And you say, Ilbis Jadid, Umus Shaheed, Yani. How did you know that it was Jadid? There's an effort on that person's behalf. There's a recognition on this person's behalf. There's an understanding, Ain and Nadar exists. That's why we have, MashaAllah, when you see beauty and you see issues and beneficial or blessings and all the rest of it. I'm telling you now, you will, you will agree with me at one point somewhere along the line, this is a very difficult subjective issue in today's clothing. That's my strong belief. No, boys? No? No comments? No no help? I think with regards to a person, you know, I think we can draw a line here that if it's physically shown by a person, uh, obviously, like, apparently, then that's where the arrogance of comes in. And if it's not, then we just leave it at that. I I, I think practically that's all it can be. I I, I agree. That's a practical, simple conclusion with that, yeah. Right. Right. So here's the problem, okay? So here's the problem. So here's the problem with that. All right. Here's the problem with the, with the example. All right. If just even saying the word Kanye West makes me want to wash my mouth, yeah, literally, with extra strong chlorhexidyl and whatever, not even mouthwash, okay. I don't think there's anyone on this planet I detest as much as Kanye West. 
I think the greatest line ever in the history of all lines was, I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was Ian Hislop. <laughs> Ian Hislop, he goes, he goes something like, he goes that, they said to me, <laughs> they said to me, this guy, have you, have you heard of Kanye West? He goes, is that a new voting constituency? <laughs> Happening there? <laughs> oh, it's the Jesus name. <laughs> I remember watching that live on about got this few. I did. He cried, man. I swear to God. Oh, Kanye West. Right. Anyway, <laughs> but it does sound perfect. Like you know, there's gonna be a by-election in Kanye West in sorry somewhere. <laughs> but but anyway, so Kanye West and his design of torn clothes. If anyone buys that. He's only buying it for other people to recognize that it's Kanye West. So the, the example is complete mal farq. It's qiyas mal massive farq. Because he's not walking down the street in long sight like that because everyone will think he's a Trump. You get what I'm trying to say? He's wearing it to the designer show and the art thing. And every single person who sees him, the person who can afford to wear it, knows that he's wearing Kanye West. And no one else can afford it anyway. So, I, I, so that example actually for me doesn't help me at all. It actually just re-kind of uh, uh, emphasizes just how much of a problem the issue is. Where is the subjective line? Where is not subjective? Where is the definitive line? Uh, Rayhan says, so that, so if Muhammad, he goes, so that way to teach it, it's as simple as that you explain it, that if one wears a certain piece of clothing and do it according to what Ibn Juzayd defines as kibar, a person thinking highly of themselves and looking down upon others. I mean, I think that's the easy part. It's mindset. Yeah, that's easy. I, we can all agree upon that. I don't think there's any problem. No one disagrees on the, the impermissibility of a person thinking highly of themselves and looking down upon others. So no one should do that. Don't be foolish. And don't, that's haram. And, you, you know, don't do that. Okay. I think the real issue is how, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, should we just be really simple and say, you know what, it's allowed to feel special and good and that little extra little kick and buzz of wearing something designer and even people's reaction to it, and then whoa, whoa. Once you say that, then, then what's it, that? So that's the end there. What? Of arrogance. That, Feeling different and as in this point here, that you look down upon others. That's easy. Okay, so in the Arab time... How common was it for people to have clothes below? Very uncommon. Very uncommon. Yes. Percentage-wise? Like tiny percentage, like minuscule. Minuscule. So are we talking the elite and the... And the yeah, elite? super elite, of course. Super elite. Yeah. So then... So your argument now, is because it's so normal, it can't have the impact? No, but, but the orf then of the people is well recognized that this person, when they wear this, yep. is arrogance. Yeah. What is it in this? Time? I think that's a that's a benefit that's a beneficial addition to the discussion. I think that when and but but you see here's something different. It's called umum al balwa, when situation becomes so widespread, so out of control that we just start to accept it, yani, and not worry about it. Basically, even though it's in principle impermissible, I think that for something to reach. That state, it's got to be clear haram in the first place. I'm not so sure that feeling good about your clothing is that haram 
that it needs to be the Umar al But I do, I like your point. I think that nowadays, we, you know, everyone in the West wears some kind of branded clothing. Huge numbers wear it. Huge numbers feel good about it. There's no doubt that a person thinking highly of himself and looking down upon another, that's haram. But I'm talking about the, the thing that we are all disagreeing about. The fact that when we wear a particular branded top and we feel better and we know that the other person sees it, what is that feeling? So, so my argument is actually the opposite. Actually, it's, it's, it's least common because the branding is like going to a tailor back in those days. That's the tailor that if you want to get the, you know, the quality and the things from, you go to that tailor and they'll make the photo. Okay. And so nowadays that's just like, you know... That's exactly the same today. Exactly. So my point is is that the elite, you're saying it was the elite, elite, elite yep, that yep. only wore their clothes yep. under the garments. So yep. that's for our elite, 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 elite today. It's not a commoner. It's not the armed people, is it? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think there might be a good example of the Quran. So the two men who one of them has a gender change in Anna, mm-hmm. and there's another group of people who have a gender, they have a, a, a garden. Mm-hmm. It's not haram to have a garden and to be happy with the fruit of the garden and what it produces. What's haram is that feeling of being feeling better than other people. Which in both examples were punished because it's so. In the, in the example in sort of the gap of the two men, the guy that had you know wealth and children and whatever, he thought he attributed that to himself and success to himself. And he thought, I don't believe that the day of judgment will come. And if it does come, then I'll be you know better off even if I'm still. So I think again, there that that's a demonstration of immense wealth and him showing off and whatever and being being punished just not because he has the, the garden, but because he has wealth, but because of his statement that it's all attributed to him and that, you know, he, he feels better than this other guy who doesn't have wealth and kids. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is the feeling Yeah, there's the, I mean, I, 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 I'm just hearing a re-emphasis again and again and again of something I think we all clearly understand and that is that what's impermissible is that you feel good and you look down upon someone else and I think that's super clear. But I just want to make sure that no one walks away from here thinking that if I feel good about myself and other people notice it, and I know other people notice it, that that's haram as well. I need you to guys not think like that, because that's a problem. I mean, I can think of literally, uh, my, my head is spinning from the hundreds of evidences that go against that. You know, that you know that when a person comes to a khitbah that they're different, they speak different, they look different. We know when Amr ibn al when he hooked himself up, he walked past the Prophet and the Prophet said, what's happened to you? He said to me, I did this, I did that. What, what, how can he say what happened to you? And how can uh, Abdullah ibn Amr, sorry, how can Abdullah ibn Amr not have done something to allow others to see that I was dressed like a very poor man last week, but now I'm living at large? Right? And, and we know what happened. He went to the market, made money. He literally, within one week, he had sorted himself out physically because his, his beard was stained saffron. New clothes, got married. And that's what he said to the Prophet ﷺ. I got married. And he was looking great. And you're telling me the other people can't see he's looking great? So there's definitely a permissibility to be proud and to look happy. And to be, and that has got to include wearing brands that other people respect. If it was not I want to say that. If it was not permissible, then I mean, if you look at Osmar Dil companions like you know multi-millionaires at that time for example so it's not about yeah but it's yeah i mean we don't want to be lazy and just talk about the fact that they were they had lots of money and you know whatever because these were very humble people no no we're going to we want to go straight for the for the for the issue and say someone wearing top expensive clothing where's the evidence and 
what was that you know a reaction okay I, I, I think I'm happy with that I think that people yani, as they know long, as long as they know that I believe class position is that it is permissible to wear designer clothes or to wear things that other people value and let them know that you are wearing those and as long as you don't look down upon the other person even though you know that they are respecting and impressed with what you have got that's permissible and it's upon them to think mashallah otherwise they cause a problem for you and a problem for themselves that's the basic summary position be humble basically <laughs> you got to be humble yes why is why is this sentence in there what's the evidence for the center having i mean he's already said that you you know it's disliked to let your robe drag below your ankles in the matan no isbal actually is not mentioned in the matan Yeah. What was the Yeah, Sadl, yeah. Sadl is not because of Al Khuyala. Sadl is because of the risk of Aura, we said, remember? Yeah, right. So this is where it talks about Isbal. So this is all built on Isbal. No, Isbal would be one of the things that a Sharih would now introduce in this area. I have a problem with the. Why is he saying that? What gives him the right to say there is haram to wear something impressive? Even if I'm arrogant in the prayer. What, 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 why is he saying that? Okay, arrogance is about traits. So let's look at the paragraph, yeah? The paragraph is... So it is disliked to have these hang, clothes hanging, yeah? In case they fall off. In ca- and we talked about that. In yeah. case they fall off because you're not covering yourself with your aura and you're just like wasting it and etc, etc. Hang it around your neck, blah, blah, blah. Now putting yourself into a position, so he's basically going through categories of problems with clothes. That's what he's doing at the moment. So it's dislike to do that, because that's, that's not nice, and it's not becoming. And it's dislike to put yourself in a situation where you're putting your hands in a way where you're not going to be able to use them, and you're, yep, so that's, you know, you're closing your body off, okay? And you're not meant to be closing, and it's not, like to, it's not nice to cover your face, all right? And also your mouth and your thingy and because of the reasons for that. And now going into now some specifics. So now to fold up your sleeves and to keep them up. So it's completely different reasoning now. So here because people don't want them to get dirty and they feel arrogant and X, Y, Z, blah, blah. Okay. Or now a religious now symbolism. Neither are you now to, are you allowed to wear clothes that are meant to look like a monk or a Jew or whatever. Neither are you allowed to wear clothes yani, that are going to make you act yani, as if you are something special and you look down upon other people so you are vain and arrogant. And neither a whole different category pictures or their use. Now you might, the, 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 the real question you should be asking is what the heck has pictures got to do with this? No, actually it makes completely sense, complete sense for him to mention clothes and using them arrogantly because this is another category of clothing and problems because this is what we're talking about this, this entire it's, paragraph it feels very um, it feels very ishtihadi if you want well, I mean if I'm going to say anything about the prayer the prayer is an act of worship I'm going to do it based on evidence he's not got any evidence and he said I'm not allowed to wear something that makes you feel arrogant now it makes sense but we'll cause myself all these problems about wearing nice things no, oh no, 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 no. If that's your problem, if that's the problem, then that's not a problem at all. Because the author's job is not to quote hadith. The author's job is to quote statements that are conclusions of hadith. And al khuyla of course, is a complete conclusion of a number of hadith. 
It's a complete conclusion. I don't think that word even appears in a narration. I don't think khayala appears in a narration. What's the hadith? I know, I know about the... Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's look. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? Let's have a look. Yeah, but so what uh, Mu'min is saying is that where is the word of... Where does he mention showing off? What is that, the, the nas of hadith? Man, uh, man is it not... No, I'm absolutely positive that Yani. I'm absolutely positive that the Rawai of Bukhari mentions it. There you go. Rawai? Bukhari? No, 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 no. You're reading from the text. This is the, that's the statement of uh, of Sheikh Uthameen. Yeah. No, no. Find the hadith. Find the hadith, someone. No, no, it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. Well, let me just find it. Actually, it's been annoying me for six weeks since you started this part. That statement? Yes. Allah yahdiq, akhi. Take you ten seconds. Take ten seconds to ask, man. Why, why have I, my pages are in wrong order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And and uh, also uh, uh, this that's the riwayah of uh, Bukhari There's another hadith somewhere. So yeah, yeah, it is in this, it is in it is muttafaq yani it is absolutely So what I'm saying and it's back to the point I'm trying to make is that the author you're absolutely right that when it comes to Creating subtitles, sections, X, Y, Z, that's entirely subjective, of course. But when you come to an intermediate level text, which is what this is, it's not the beginning text, and therefore, therefore more details are going to come in, he has to put, he has to put that section somewhere. You get what I'm trying to say? He's got to put the discussion of the impermissibility of dragging Thobes and Isbal and Kela, where he's going to put it somewhere. All right, you know what? We're talking about clothes and looking good, so we might as well now put it in here. Because look at the next section. Next section is about hemming and the use of gold and the use of thread and the use of X and Y and Z. So you could argue, what the heck's that doing there? Well, the reason it's there is because gold is not allowed to be worn by men. And so I was going to cover the rulings of the applications of it here. You might say, well, why couldn't you just do that in the chapter of pottery? We don't have a chapter of pottery. So... You're right. It's a subjective exercise, no doubt about that. Yeah. 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 That shows the same wording as well. Right. The Rasulullah said that you know. And said that you don't do it. Go on. So, in Bukhari, it's 57:91. Ayo, same. Okay, and a third? No, sorry, I've already said that. So that's Mukhari. Uh-huh. 
مثلا عن مسلم من جرى ازاره لا لا يريد بذلك الا المخيله فان الله لا ينظر اليه يوم القيامه. اوكي جزاكم الله خير. So let's actually finish off what Sheikh Uthameen uh, uh, man- uh, talks then. Um, actually, let's just go with the text now. Sheikh says, so the Prophet ﷺ said, Thawb, is it possible then that it only happens in the Thawb? And he says, no, that the, the khuyala happens in everything because al-hukum yaduru ma'a illatihi. This is a, a big a principle in fiqh, that the ruling is always dependent upon the actual reasoning why something is impermissible, not the words. Okay, so yes, the hadith said man jarra that whoever drags his thobe, but that doesn't mean that therefore if you drive a X and you show off and you drive a Y or you do this, then it's not going to matter. No, the the fact was is that the thobe was the best example to express the khuyala, impermissibility of khuyala. And that's what Sheikh Uthameen says. So he goes, وَذِكْرَ الثَّوْبِ مَقْرُونًا بِالْوَصْفِ الَّذِي هُوَ عِلَّةِ الْحُكْمِ يَكُونِ كَالْمِثَالِ Okay, so that this is basically the يعني, Sheikh Uthameen saying the Prophet ﷺ is giving the example of how a person can understand the concept of, of arrogance and vanity in clothes, but it applies across to everything. Okay, anyway, he goes that one uh, muhim is that arrogance can be shown in everything. <coughs> he also then said something. He said that he goes, uh, I, I think this is an important reminder uh, what the Sheikh says. And I mentioned this in Fitna as well, the, the Tafsir of Surah Al-Imran, um, on page 198. He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned a very specific punishment for the person who does this. Okay? He said that he will not look at him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not look at him. And in the full version of the hadith, he says, and Shaykh Uthameen says, the punishment for this will, أن الله لا يكلمه يوم القيامة ولا ينظر إليه ولا يزكيه ولهم عذاب أليم. Okay, and the hadith which is narrated um, by Muslim, the one who does this, who drags his thobe and leaves it, يعني, below his ankles and etc. etc. Then Allah subhanahu wa taala will not speak to him on the day of judgment. He will not look at him. He will not purify him, and for that person will be a painful torment. Okay, so there's four things which I mentioned. He will not speak to him on the Day of Judgment. He will not look at him. He will not purify him. And he will have a painful torment. In the nakira. وَلَهُ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Nakira meaning uh, undefined to indicate its huge size. To indicate yani, its, its madness. Okay, that the quantity and the... the, the, the يعني, so he said that uh, you can divide the punishment into two. He said that First, عذابٌ مؤلم يعني a very painful torment, and the second, إعراض من الله عز وجل يعني Allah سبحانه وتعالى completely abandons him, boycotts him, so he won't purify him, he won't look at him, and he won't speak to him. And ولهذا لما قال الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام, and so therefore when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم يعني said uh, 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 said this type of punishment, it needs to be taken very seriously. There's another hadith which he did say that he said ثلاثة لا يكلمهم الله يوم القيامة ولا ينظر إليهم ولا يزكيهم ولهم عذاب أليم and he mentioned this three times he said that there are three people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not speak to them on the day of judgment he will not look at them he will not purify them and they will have a painful torment he said it again and again and he again again and Abu Dhar radiallahu ta'ala anhu he said من هم يا رسول الله خابوا 
وَخَسِرُوا He goes, SubhanAllah, who are they, O Messenger of Allah? These are the, the ultimate losers. What an, an unbelievable loss. The Prophet ﷺ said, المسبل والمنان والمنفق سلعته بالحلف الكاذب The musbil, the one who uh, uh, lets his thobe go below his ankles, as we mentioned, the one who lets his thobe go below his ankles. Walmanano, what's a mannan? Keep reminding other people of the favors and the things that they've done for them. So you look after someone, you help someone out, you show some ihsan to someone, and you keep reminding them. You see, I hooked you up, you see, I look after you, you see this, that, you know, or hey, how's that thing that I got you? Or you gave someone something and then you go, how's that thing running and whatever, whatnot. And your intention is not to care about what it's running like. You just want to remind them that I'm going to give it to you. That kind of thing. That's the mannan. And, المنفق سلعته بالحلف الكاذب يعني, and the one who sells his goods by having to uh, lie, basically. So he goes, wallahi, yani, this is the best. Wallahi, yani, I swear to you, I got this from, I swear to you, this is Korean, not Chinese. You know that that classic yani kapra line. Yeah, I don't know. Is Korean the best kapra? Is it? We don't. Uh, it was Japanese. Turkish story. Yeah, you reckon? <laughs> huh? Uh, so the hadith. Uh, sorry, the hadith. Beg your pardon. Uh, narrated by Muslim. Yes, narrated by Muslim. Uh, One hundred and six. Okay. Um, So, Sheikh says that if a person, and, and I mentioned this last week, Sheikh says that if a person was to let his thobe go below his ankles, and he was to do it out of arrogance, then he would get this full punishment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not look at him, not speak at him, not purify him, and pay for punishment. He goes, if he did it without khuyala, let's say he does it without khuyala, he's still in trouble. He will get adab and alim because the Prophet ﷺ said, "Ma asfar min al kaabain min al izab, fafin nar." Whatever is below the kaabain, the ankles, yani from your bottom uh, izar, then it's in the hellfire. And that again, as I said to you last week, in my opinion, and a class position is something specific to a single opening thobe. Okay, I think the izar here is referring to not just any single bottom thing. I think it applies to waist wrappers, sarongs, thobes only. I don't believe it applies in shalwar. I don't believe it applies in trousers, like I mentioned. Okay? Al hadith can be upset with the rest of their lives. Shorts. That's a sick answer, bro. If the shorts are going underneath your ankles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Actually, but the basketball ones maybe, yeah, yes. Yeah, good one, bro. For this ishtihad, you said about transposition last week as well. I mean, because that's different ishtihad, right? Yeah. I mean, with, with, in opposite to it, quite severe uh, thing which also mentioned. So are we comfortable with this ishtihad? And, uh, I don't think that we should ever be comfortable with anyone's opinion. And that's why I advertised it very clearly, why it is, where it is, what my position is, whatever, and so on and so forth. So, the main reason, Sheikh, is uh, the Abu Bakr bin Al-Hus, uh, when he mentioned that my thumbs uh, keep going down, it keep going down. Yes. And the Sulaim said, no, you're not one of those people. Yeah, you're not one of those. Does that mean behind it? As we said last week, that's what many of the scholars who allowed it, that's what they said. They said that clearly, 
a person whose internal intention is not arrogance and it goes below the feet, even in a thobe, it's not. And as I said, that's held by a number of scholars. And we've got, uh, we've got to respect that. Okay? We've got to respect that. Yani, um, even now, even today, like, you know, 2017, but uh, in this century of da'wah and political parties, it's always been seen as the conservatives and the liberals, amongst the practicing Muslims, I mean. And it, this was always the marker. The conservative Muslims were those that do not allow the thobe to go underneath the ankles. And the liberals, amongst the practicing Muslims, you can call them the ikhwanis, you can call them the whatever, jamaat islami whatever, whatnot. They would be looked down upon on this dividing point, that they do allow yani, the thobe underneath yani, their ankles. And that's why scholars and groups were put into camps over, over small fiqhi issues. Because like Yusuf al-Qardawi has always been seen as the head of the movement. He was the one who, was, who gave the fatwa very open and publicly, you know, that there's no problem in anything underneath the ankles if you don't consider it to be. So you see then that the, well, that's not good enough for the conservatives. They kicked him out. You know what I'm saying? So these are little, little things. Anyway, and then Sheikh Uthameen says, um, it, he said that some of the scholars said that you'll be punished according to the amount that your thobe is underneath your, 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 your ankles. As for what is between the ankles and the halfway up the, 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 the shin, then this is the area where it is permissible. And uh, for a, a person, it, it, it should be right only up to uh, the, 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 the ankle as a last resort or he should lift it up a little bit yani, or even a bit more than that as well and I said that and we discussed that last week okay we discussed that last week so you know to be honest the most of the lessons gone in just discussing that uh, uh, the taswir issue which is the next one it is actually really long okay um, and I did cover photography not photography image making okay but I think it's also nice if we actually literally go through Sheikh Uthameen's statement word by word. Yeah, and I wanted to do that because he is advocating. I mean, to be honest, he'd be seen as a, not a moderate. He'd be seen as someone who is lenient? not lenient at all. Reformist. Huh? Reformist. Yeah, and he, yeah but, 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 but you, you say reformist because... You say reformist and you think that reform would be to not make it haram, right? Well, I think it's just not questioning the established positions. Right, right. okay, good, good, good. So if that's the issue, if that's the issue, then yes, you'd consider Sheikh Uthameen to be slightly a conservative reformer. But he's not. I mean, he, Sheikh Uthameen considers yani, pictures and yani, a drawing and things like that to be completely, you know, off the charts. Uh, however, however... He's not like Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti, who is absolutely no, and no photography, and no camera, and no video. And that's why he doesn't allow anyone to take a picture or video in his lessons. That's why you don't see any pictures of Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti. You try and find an image of his, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. He uh, completely prohibits it. And you know, if you're in a circle and you try to take it, his students go completely nuts. Oh... Not that I ever tried. I know my. I know. Allah <laughs> Akbar. 
Shazad thinks yani, that I should show folks where the ankle is. Behave yourself, Yara. Unbelievable. If people don't know yani, where the ankle is, yani, we've got bigger problems. Okay? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you, know, if you know where the ankle is and you say above the ankle, use your imagination. You know what I'm saying? What on God's earth? Okay? <laughs> right, so. Okay. So what should we do here, folks, now? Because I, I genuinely... I, huh? Yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll cut that. So uh, just tell me what I should do now, because we've got 10 minutes. All right? Should we start the swear? Yeah? Well, let's start reading the swear then. He said, bam, a taswir muharram. Okay? And he goes straight into it. Well, taswir and wa'al thalatha. First of all, he goes... Taswir, first of all, I just want to make you, make you know where it comes from. Sawara. Okay? And I want to say to you that I don't know of many. Well, no, no. I take that back. There are many. But this is one of the main, one of the biggest areas of fiqh that I discussed with you last time that has the most amount of interpretations and discussions surrounding it. And I swear to you, that's a blessing if I ever saw it. Because if it, if it didn't have so much discussions, we'd be in big trouble. Because as you guys know, we are a society entirely dependent upon imaging, drawing, videos, photography, pictures, models, statues, this, that. You know what I'm saying? It's like part and an absolute parcel of life. Every single person is in some way, you know, you know, involved in some, some you know, thing. Everyone's got phones. They've got proper pictures on, photography, this, that, whatever. You know, we've got this pack here who's drawing pictures of people here, whatever, whatnot. And, you know, that's across the board. Every single thing is happening. You know what I'm saying? So, um, alhamdulillah, there's such a discussion about how to define it, whatever, whatnot. What I want to make it very clear is that, obviously, because most of you guys are Pak's, that taswir does not mean what it means in Urdu. So it's not taswir, okay? It's not photography, right? 
Yani it might apply to photography, we'll come to that. But the word taswir does not mean photography. It means sawwara. And sawwara, yusawwiru taswiran, in the Arabic means to form something. To form. And the forming here is a very general phrase. So when a person draws, he forms. And when a person, he sculpts, he forms. And when he does a clay model, he forms. And when a person paints, he forms. Okay? So that's why we need to not say the one who takes pictures or thinking. You can say make, makes images. I don't know what phrase you want to use, but you need to use a word that, that, that encompasses all of that. So what should we say for translation? But draws is too specific. Produces images. I think that's accurate, but doesn't that suggest that it's just the only photography? But that's my point. It produces a 3D image? Exactly, also, yeah, you've made it too specific to image. Making an image. Making an image. And now you see, here's the here's the issue. By the way, I I I seen I've seen a uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know how long ago I seen it, but I was I was doing my spring clean for the year. I just it came out in the in the thingy. There is an English translation of Zad al Mustaqni. Did you buy that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. The massive one. Yeah. Oh, you bought it. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> right, Darul Arqam or something like that, and it's only the Kitab of Ibadah. Okay, I'll send a picture out. Shaz will send a picture out of it on the thingy on the on the portal. And I was looking through it, subhanAllah, I opened it for the first time today. I can't even believe that I've had that. And uh, obviously he's got his translation and so on. And I just go, it just goes to show you, you must try to understand and study these words in Arabic because people are imposing their opinions on the Arabic word itself. So if he says drawing, okay, then you can see that he's going for the most strictest interpretation possible, Right? Whereas if you keep it more general and then talk about various kind of, you know, caveats, then that's an approach as well. You get what I'm trying to say? So I don't want to judge him, but I'm just saying the translator, but I just want you to know that we have to, what taswiru isti'maluhu, we want to say that the making of images and the use of them. I think that's probably the most easiest way of saying making of an image, okay? So Sheikh says there are three types of taswir, okay? The first is that which uh, that humans make, okay? Things that humans make, all right? So the first thing is a thing or an image that people uh, make or humans make. And he goes, this is something which is uh, permissible. So for example, that a man, a man he uh, takes a picture of a car. Okay, so if he takes a picture of a car, he made the car. So this this picture is representing the car. Or if he was to draw the car, or paint the car, the car is what was made by a human being. So this is the first category of pictures. Again, let me just make this super clear. This is just Sheikh Uthameen's own classification. I told you that the best book that I've seen on this it's because it's the best bath is Sheikh Lalbani's one. All right? It's available in Arabic and in English, and it's printed in English as well. And he has a completely different approach to it. 
and there's different bahuth that are available on it, and it will blow your mind. Okay. Anyway, he goes. We say this is permissible because al aslu min sun al adami fa idha kan al asl jaizan fa sura min bab aula. This is nice, actually. I do like the way Sheikh Uthameen uh, he says this. He goes. This first category, taking pictures of things that are manufactured, it's permissible. Why? Because it's permissible to make the original thing. So if it's made permissible to make the original thing, how can taking a picture of the original thing not be permissible? All right? Which is nice and, and sensible. So now think of every single thing that's ever made. Uh, everything, huh? Don't, 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 don't make it complicated. Think of every single thing that's made. Right? Taking a, drawing it is permissible. Is there any problem areas in that? Created or made, they want to... So what's that, what's that mean? If I make a statue and take a picture of that, I want to draw a statue and roll That's like, yani, I don't know, what's that? The paradox of the paradox or whatever? Because you're making something which is impermissible. Well, there's, there's an old book on, manu- on uh, mechanical devices I translated, and it had a clock where there was a bird, it looked like a bird, and the man had drawn a bird-shaped device, and it would do its beak, etc. So that's a statue, which I'm sure Sheikh Hatayim would call haram. And then someone's drawn a picture of that, which I don't know how that would stand. But how is it a bird if its body is the clock and its beak is something? It just looks like a bird. Ah, wow. Now you're discussing something else. That's not it. Looks like a bird is something different to it is a bird, isn't it? I mean, that's why, that's why I said that we will go through Sheikh Uthameen's bit by bit because when we had this discussion a couple of weeks back where I was giving the overview, I don't know if he was here, but I was mentioning that there are a number of scholars that said that things which aren't real are not included. Yeah, and things which are not possible to be alive. So unless you recognize the very clear woodpecker sitting on top of a clock, that's very different to a bird-shaped clock that doesn't represent any of the species that exists. Do you get what I'm trying to say? One's an artificial fantasy. It looked pretty realistic. This is what's surprising because traditionally you don't see like statues in our heritage. Yep. You don't because it was yep. considered. Yep. And also, by the way, as you're going to see in this chapter, a lot of khilaf. Yani one of the major tabi'in, for example, used to have curtains at home that used to have uh, 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 a phoenix on it. Yeah. Anqa. Anqa. You know that, Ruwai, huh? Well, they love, they love Anqa. Yeah, yeah. They draw it. Well. They draw it, yeah. <laughs> and beavers. Quns. I don't know what the connection between the beaver and the phoenix is. Two completely different yani, class of animal, but they were both yani, on that. Yani, tabi. Now, obviously, obviously, as I said then, and we're going to go through now, there's such a huge difference amongst the scholars on their ilal, the reasons why something is allowed, not allowed, do they consider it to not have ruh? Some of them said that the head had been taken off, etc., etc. There's so much. So anyway, we'll discuss that inshallah, because now it's time to, uh, to uh, think. Yeah, Shazad has actually printed the one that you can purchase. Uh, it's just another one. It's got short notes and whatever. It is interesting though, by the way, because for example, when I had to look at it for the first time today and I saw his de- definition of... Ishtimal uh, al-Sammah uh, For his definition of Ishtimal al-Sammah He said it means to do Irtiba' Which is to You know when you see the males When they take the Ihram off the right shoulder And they 
uncover one's shoulder? He said, that's what it means. And I said, it means the exact opposite to that. So you'll see different interpretations as well. So that's also beneficial. Okay? All right. There's no salah today, okay, guys? Okay, salam.